Hey, Brendan. Hey, Holly. <laughs> How's it going? I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, I'm sort of half losing my voice, so if I sound <laughs> a little, if I sound a little raspy, um, it's because I kind of am. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm doing all right. I'm yeah. much better. I went back to work today. I've been sick with a cold for like four days. Did you get that exec- at executive council? I think so, yes. I think yeah. it was, um, you know, the infection of, of Jesus. <laughs> and <laughs> no, uh, I was at executive council last week and it was wonderful. I, I started to kind of feel bad while I was there. So I feel like I was kind of grumpy, <laughs> but mostly it was good. And, and it's just really nice to be around very cool people who yeah. um, are as involved in the church as as you and I are. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, arguably even more so. Like, the PB, I think, is more involved than we are. Well, that's fair. (laughs) But, you know, probably just because his paycheck comes from there. Yeah. Let's be be honest. Yeah, it it seems like, you know, it really is just kind of a a, a nine-to-five for him, you know. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Bishop Curry, we love you. (laughs) You're really awesome. Anyway, how's your Lenten discipline going? Uh, So I am going to do the the glass half full thing here, Uh uh, which is that, so it's not going super well, but I have prayed the office several times, which is more than I was doing before. Hey, I think that's great. And I would like to thank uh, Father Benjamin Gildas over at uh, Priest Pulse for uh, harassing me on Twitter and making me do it. (laughs) (laughs) yes well harassment is sometimes good yeah (laughs) not always though we did get an email this week though on this topic um we did yeah from the reverend the reverend uh todd young from oregon i think right i think that's right he said that he um, he sympathized with us because he's really bad at praying the offices on his own. And so his strategy for doing it was to offer daily morning prayer for his congregation at 7.15, Monday through Friday, which kind of required him to show up. So uh, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it was really cool that, that um, he said that. And, and I just always am very excited to hear people listening to the show we, you could find him if you wanted to find his work at Reverend Ref, as in R E V E R E N D, and then Ref, R E F, dot blogspot.com. So he has a blog, although he, uh, he notes that he does not tweet because he still uses a flip phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there That's were okay. still such things. Uh, Adele used one in her video. <laughs> Actually, my father-in-law has a jitterbug. Who does? My father-in-law. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Why is it that we're not, like, properly introducing the show? Yeah, that's fair. Well, the reason we're not properly introducing the show, Brendan, is because this week is a special Encore episode. Yeah. We are going to Encore our episode Lent 4 from... Gosh, was it last year or two years ago? It was last year. We've been doing this show for almost two years, though, which is insane. Yeah, that's insane. true. 
yeah it is insane but this is one that uh, we often get comments about people seem to remember it um, primarily because of a story i tell about my daughter <laughs> I love this story so much. <laughs> and she probably would be horrified. She's getting to the age where she's embarrassed by me. But in the meantime, um, this is recorded for all posterity. So, <laughs> Sorry, Chelsea. Yeah. But anyway, while, I, while my voice is a little bit out and uh, Brendan and I are both kind of running ragged, uh, we thought we would give you guys an encore of one of our favorite episodes and we'll be back next week with some new content. Uh, we will and uh, a special guest too. Yes, so we will see you then and enjoy. Welcome to the Collette Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name's Holly Powell, and I am a layperson and a member of the Episcopal Diocese of Lexington. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I'm also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the Collect of the Week, a short prayer that occurs near the beginning of services in the Episcopal Church. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect vintage ads for Hydrox cookies, including slogans such as, We never run out of Hydrox. Someone's been eating my Hydrox. Nothing on earth beats Hydrox. And <laughs> don't be fooled by lookalikes. That last, an explicit reference to Oreos, who in 1992 finally took Hydrox cookies to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, I, I have a sweet spot for Hydrox cookies because when I was um, a teenager, uh, I was vegetarian. And uh -huh. uh, at that time, Oreos contained lard. And Hydrox was the vegetarian alternative uh, because it used vegetable shortening in the cream. How interesting. Uh, but I think when Oreos dropped lard, maybe... Um, that was the final nail in Hydrox's uh, coffin because they lost the vegetarian market mm -hmm. and they went down. But I learned in a podcast the other day that Hydrox was actually first. Oreos are the imitators. What podcast was that? 99% uh, Invisible. Uh, I'll post a link to the show in the show notes. It's totally unfair. Hydrox cookies came out in 1908. Oreos didn't show up until four years later, but it didn't matter. Hydrox could never shake the image of being a knockoff, and also ran. Cool. Hydrox I always like knowing what other people are listening to. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really great show. And in fact, uh, the podcast uh, that I'll link to, the thing about Hydrox cookies is like in the first five minutes of the show. but mm -hmm. And the show itself is like 45 minutes long, and it's totally worth listening to the whole thing because the back half of that episode is amazing. Awesome. See, people, you don't get just liturgical talking here you get some other interesting things about hydrox cookies yeah no kidding now i'm hungry <laughs> me too i want i gave up sweet i gave up sweets for lamb mm. so well i kind of want some bread you know what we should pray about bread yeah let's do that okay the lent for collect is on page 219 of the book of common prayer Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Man, we mm. nailed that segue. Oh my God, it was fan flipping fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're all just kind of recovering from the February of doom here. And when I ran out of bread during snowpocalypse, perhaps I should not have fretted because I should have just prayed this prayer. Jesus could have come down and given me some bread. Yeah, I I actually think one of the most interesting things about this prayer for me is that the scriptural reference that we have here is to John 6. Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And uh, the crowd says to him, Sir, give us this bread always. You know, they're having the usual mistake of anybody who's talking to Jesus about this stuff, of thinking that Jesus means literal bread, um, and he is being figurative here. But I guess in this prayer, we're in the know. We know what's, uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> I always like to think about, if I, if I had been in the time of Jesus, how just like utterly drugged out I would have considered him because of the <laughs> stories he tells like oh god this guy really again with the bread yeah <laughs> so that's good you can pr- go ahead and throw in that Holly's Heresy song because that is totally just happening well yeah I maybe I'll put it in there but <laughs> I, I, I also think that you know I, I just said yeah we're in the know on this prayer that you know, we understand Jesus as talking at least partly about the Eucharist here. But, you know, can we really say, oh, yeah, I totally understand the Eucharist? Oh, yeah, no. I always like it when Anglicans or Episcopalians try to explain their their take on the Eucharist. It's like, well, we don't believe in transubstantiation, but we don't not believe in transubstantiation either. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I guess where I end up coming down on this is, you know, I, I take seriously this kind of real presence idea. And even if I can't wholly defend that all the time, you know, I look at it as, you know, we, we've, we've taken aside these common elements and we have adopted them for a sacred purpose. Whatever they are, they are more than bread and wine after they've been consecrated. And that's just where I am on it. Much like the internet or my television or my car, I don't need to understand how it works to know that it gets done what I need for it to get done. That's a good analogy. I mean, it's a series of tubes, much like the internet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a little bit of interesting history to this collect, which I will tell you about now. (laughs) I learned this. (laughs) Sweet segue, Holly. <laughs> yeah. There was an original collect for this Sunday that, that was all about, please give us relief from, from deserved punishment. But this one was put here because it reinforces the tradition of this day as Mothering Sunday. So I will ask you, Brendan, have you ever heard of Mothering Sunday? Uh, I have. And I know it's more, it's more of a thing in the Church of England. Where I've seen it in the Episcopal Church, uh, it's usually, you know, kind of a Lenten halftime. And my church most years doesn't really pay attention to it. Uh, But, but, you know, compared to some of the other Lenten prayers, this one is comparatively low on the penitential stuff. Yeah. So I had never heard of this before I was preparing for this week's recording. So it's new to me all the way around. But I guess... 
Um, before Ash Wednesday was observed in the Church of England, Lent began on the first Sunday of Lent. And so this uh, Lent 4 would have been the halfway point. It was often celebrated with a feast, which is interesting, <laughs> but whatever. And in some parts of the world, it was customary to go visit the mother church of the diocese and, and give an offering there on Mothering Sunday. And in other parts, servants were given the day off to go visit their parents. And it was traditional for them to bring a mothering cake which I don't know what that is. I do not know what it is made of. I am not interested in finding out. I will just pretend it's cake. <laughs> I, I just looked uh, them up. So according to Wikipedia, there are two different versions of mothering cakes out there, at least dating back to around the 1600s. So in England, you had mothering buns or mothering Sunday buns that were sweet buns <laughs> topped with pink or white icing and... Uh, multicolored sprinkles. The entry notes that they are not widely made or served today. Um, and then in Northern England and Scotland, the mothering cakes uh, were called carlings, which were pancakes made of steeped peas fried in butter. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know what a steeped pea is. <laughs> Nor do I want to. But... What is interesting is that as Mothering Sunday is the UK's version of Mother's Day. It is. It is. So they celebrate Mother's Day in the middle of Lent, which is crappy if you're like me and you gave up sweets for Lent. But I guess on a Sunday you can do it anyway if you're following the, the Catholic tradition of it all. So Well, and actually, um, you're totally cool. I mean, if you can ask Chelsea to make you a cake of steeped peas fried in butter, you can have your mothering cake and eat it too. <laughs> Oh, I do not think I will do that. <laughs> actually, I, I am not going to do that at all. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was actually really a, an interesting little juxtaposition there. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe we should talk about uh, the prayer itself a little bit more. Perhaps. Um, we're really asking for the same thing that the crowds in the John 6 story are asking about. Evermore, give us this bread. Uh, but with the un with the understanding that the bread is Jesus himself, and we are asking for Jesus to be in us and us in him, which seems clear, but also not so much. Say more about that. Well, what do we mean when we say uh, we want Jesus to live in us and us in him? You know, <laughs> I, I think one of the most helpful descriptions I've heard of the Eucharist, and I can't remember... Uh, who it was who has kind of said this. So listeners, if you can kind of give us a citation, do it on Twitter or send us an email. Uh, but this is the idea that every week as we take the Eucharist, which is the body of Christ, that we replace parts of our own selves with Jesus. Partly it is through the act of taking communion week after week and being formed uh, in Christ uh, that we become more like Christ. Uh, and so I guess I get that part about giving us this bread so that Christ may live in us. Um, this us living in Christ part is, I guess, a little bit too obscure for me to really grab hold of. Mm -hmm. I understand that, definitely. Uh, to me, I guess I, I take it as just kind of like, 
You know how, this is an awful analogy, apologies in advance, but when you have a, a friend or, or someone that you are close to who moves away or you kind of lose touch with them, but they're still a part of your brain that, I don't know, you hear a song or you hear somebody's voice and you think about that person. Mm. I always consider that, you know, that, that there are other people living in my brain in that way, I guess I I take it the same way when I look at this collect to think, okay, you know, Jesus has fond place in his heart for me. Huh. So sort of a, his eye is on the sparrow thing. Yeah. Okay. Like he hears, you know, a Brandy Carlisle song and he's like, oh, that's Holly's favorite song. <laughs> oh, your Facebook page is like all Brandy Carlisle all the time. Dude. I know. <laughs> I was just going to give a little perhaps humorous, perhaps not humorous anecdote about my child here because of the part about Jesus living in us. My daughter, who is five and a half, the half is important, apparently. <laughs> um, she is having a lot of, of theological wrangling in her head right now about where is Jesus. A few days ago, we were in the car on her our commute home we passed by a cemetery and she she knows what that is she's asked me several times and i've told her what what a cemetery is why there are big rocks in that yard as she said so she asked me well where's the grave for god and i was like well honey god isn't dead she was like well yeah he is (laughs) (laughs) theological (laughs) nightmare occurring i was like what do you mean she's like well you say that he's everywhere but i've never seen him i can't see him so he must be a ghost and i was like oh she's waiting into the gnostic heresy right there yeah right i know and uh and i was like no 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 he's not a ghost you can't see your grandma right now but that doesn't mean she's a ghost she was like, but I have seen her, and I have pictures of her. I was like, okay, point taken. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, well, you know, God is kind of like the air. He's he's everywhere, but you can't see him. And, and she she was like, well, then that means he's dead, because air is not alive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I mean, true. <laughs> and also... Stop talking about this. I had a hard day at work. (laughs) (laughs) She's also asked me lots of questions about how can Jesus be in my heart and in her heart? Does he go back and forth? Uh, It's it's challenging. I I never really expected to have to answer these kinds of questions. And when I say to her, why don't you ask our priest that? (laughs) She says no she wants to ask me she thinks that i should understand it and she's probably right so there it is my child needs to pray this prayer is what i'm saying well and i think we need to put a call out uh to our listeners because i think your daughter's asking some really good questions here and she's asking the questions that you know maybe are on our hearts at times that but you know we just don't say it uh, listeners, if you have some ideas on how to explain this in a way that makes some semblance of sense um, without, you know, resorting to big theological words, 
uh, let us know on Twitter. You know, 140 character or less explanations are preferred. Yeah, or especially if, like, if you have books that you can recommend or anything like that that I could give her, that'd be super awesome. Well, if you like this show, please share it with a friend. And we'd love it if you would write a review for us on iTunes. It'll help uh, people find us. And you might also want to check out some of the other shows in the Via Media Collective, a network of podcasts with an Anglican sensibility. Check out Easter People, hopeful conversations about faith and culture, and Padres Pods, conversations about life and faith with the worst priest ever and his friends. Yay! So, we ready for the Twitter challenge? Yeah, let's do it. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. If Jesus is the true bread of the world, who is the true steeped pea cake fried in butter? Because I don't want to know him. <laughs> Hashtag Lent for. <laughs> okay. Here's mine. <laughs> Answer to Chelsea's question. Jesus is like yeast, dry and crumbled, ready to give new life. Hashtag Lent for. Hashtag baking theology. Ooh. She doesn't know what yeast is, though. Well, I knew you could make bread with her sometime. <laughs> I can barely open a bag of bread. <laughs> All right. Sometime when we come down and visit, we'll make bread with Chelsea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I always like it when people are like, oh, you should make this recipe. And I'm like, is it something I can heat up from Trader Joe's? Because that's about <laughs> the extent of my cooking. <laughs> Is it an egg in which I can scramble? That is about all I got. Well, if you want to tweet more answers to Chelsea's questions to us, uh, you can do that at The Collect Call. Uh, or send us an email at thecollectcall at acts8moments.org. Or see our collection of... What was the collection again? Hydrox. Hydrox? Oh, yes. See our collection of vintage Hydrox advertising at Pinterest.com slash The Collect Call. And you can find our parent organization, The Acts 8 Moment, online at acts8moment.org, facebook.com slash acts8moment, or on Twitter at acts8moment. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week for the fifth Sunday of Lent. Until then, keep a holy Lent, everyone. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descend our full homage to